this weekend retreat on the topic of Eucharistic Adoration, Love Made Visible, with Father Zachary Solt, September 27 to 30, 2008, was held at Our Lady of Good Counsel Retreat House. These and other recordings are available at our website, goodcounselretreat.com. Today and every day of this retreat, we have a living encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ in the Most Holy Eucharist. Jesus is really, truly, and substantially present in the Most Holy Eucharist. Not just really and truly present, but really, truly, and substantially present, his substance. There's only two places where he is substantially present, in heaven and in the Most Holy Eucharist. And he's really, truly, and substantially present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And we'll be talking about that during the conferences. But I hope that you encounter in a heart-to-heart relationship Jesus, God's love made visible in the Most Holy Eucharist. My name is Father Zachary, the Mother of God. I'm a missionary priest with the Society of Our Lady, the Most Holy Trinity. I just completed four years serving in Asia as the rector for the House of Formation for those in theology in Asia preparing for the priesthood for our community. I returned in March, and currently I'm down in Belize, Central America, but I came up for this retreat. And I can share with you that whatever country I go to, one of the first things I learn how to say is heart to heart. Whether it be in Filipino, puso sa puso. Or whether it be in Espanol, corazón a corazón. Or Italian, you know, Italian, cuore a cuore. You know, it's... It's a little bit, you know, you know, or heart to heart, whatever language it may be. That's the language I hope you learn this weekend, heart to heart with the Eucharist. This is a time of intimacy and friendship between you and the Lord. I'm just an instrument. This is between you and the Lord. He called you here. I hope you realize that. I thank you for responding to his call, but this is your time of intimacy and friendship with the Eucharistic Lord, and your life should be changed in these next couple of days. And I just marvel at God's providence how we're commencing this retreat on Thursday evening, as I stated. The gift from the heart of Jesus, the Most Holy Eucharist. It's a gift from the heart of Jesus, and I'll be discussing that. What a great gift from his heart to give us himself, to be with us always, not to leave us orphans. God with us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and remains with us. And then to have holy, the possibility of holy communion with God himself. Established out of love, I, 
at the, at the Last Supper, which will be represented here on the altar, uh, consummated on Calvary, this sacrifice of love, uh, carrying through to the resurrection and the ascension, the paschal mystery of Christ is contained in the Eucharist. His suffering, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, all of that is in the Eucharist. And, and, I, and I urge you to enter into these mysteries right now. Just enter into eternity. Enter into the paschal mystery, the mystery of love, Holy Thursday, Jesus, when he said those words, this is my body given for you. This is my blood of the new and eternal covenant to be poured out for you and for many. That's the reality right now that we're entering into. It was so providential that we concluded the initial rosary together on the 10th, uh, Mystery of the Rosary, the fifth luminous mystery, the institution of the Most Holy Eucharist. I mean, already, can't you see God working in, in everything? I mean, really. So it's providence. And the title of this retreat, Love Made Visible, a pastoral letter on the adoration of the Most Holy Eucharist by Most Reverend James Conley, was written Holy Thursday, 2017. It all fits together. And so love made visible is, is what the theme of this retreat is. And we are to relate to love made visible so that we can make love visible. Because we are called to continue the mission of Jesus. We are baptized into Jesus. In him we live and move and have our being. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. Jesus hides himself in the Eucharist in many ways. But the Eucharist is the source, the center, the summit of our life. I'll help you reflect on how, how, how to draw the source of your life from the Eucharist and to realize that's the summit of your life, but to center your life right in the Eucharist, realizing that our life is not our own. Our life is about fulfilling God's plan, and the Eucharist allows us to do that. I marvel at the way this church is set up. Right here it says the word, right at the ambo. And then you have on the altar, and the word became flesh. And then up there at the tabernacle and dwelt among us. I'll go into, God willing, you know, why does the liturgy of the Eucharist follow the liturgy of the word and the holy sacrifice of the Mass? Why? Have you ever reflected on that? Well, the word is challenging. The word is our life. The word is the second person of the Trinity. But to live this word as, as a human being, to live a divine way of life, we need the divinity to give himself to us, to incorporate our humanity into him in Holy Communion. So there, there's so, such depth uh, that we're going to enter into. Now, remember, St. John Paul II, before he went home, gave us the year of the Most Holy Eucharist. And so we had a whole year just to start to enter into the mystery. Here we have three days. 
Okay, but all of this is already in you. All of this is in you. And many times I will know what I'm saying, or I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, what he wants me to say, but how you hear it is what, how God wants you to hear it. And again, one of the most important things to take away from this special time, which is a time in eternity, is how to relate to God heart to heart. That's it. And so we've committed this weekend to see Jesus more clearly. Remember we heard in the gospel today, Herod kept trying to see him. That's what it said. Herod kept trying to see him. Now, I have to note, Herod obviously didn't try very hard. I mean, just like many people in the world, you know, they'll say, I'm trying to see Jesus, but, you know. What keeps them from seeing Jesus? Many things, but the vanities of the world. Vanity of vanities, right? The distractions of this world. I urge you not to be distracted by the vanities of this world. You know, entering into silence for these few days is, is going to take a little while to, to really settle down and get that interior silence. This is a perfect setting to enter into that. But nonetheless, many of us arrived here this evening and we still have a lot of things in our lives that are going on that are still being processed through us. And we might not even reach that point of, of, of silence until tomorrow night's healing service or, or whenever God gives it to us. But try, because it's in that eternal silence that you will commune with the silence of Jesus in the Eucharist. God speaks one word, his son, Jesus Christ. But it's the language of love. And so to hear the language of love, you know, not to be going through the, 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 the noises of the world, the vanities of the world that Herod was caught up into. We've committed to see Jesus more clearly in the Eucharist, to see beyond the appearance of bread and wine, to see with faith that this is truly Jesus, really, truly, and substantially present body, blood, soul, and divinity. We have come here to know Jesus more intimately in the Eucharist. So to see him and to know him, so we will love him because we're going to make a commitment of ourselves to live through him and with him and in him. We, we, you know, at the great doxology of the holy sacrifice of the mass, Jesus the priest says, you know, th through him and with him and in him. And we need to reflect on what does that mean, to live through him and with him and in him. I'll help you with that as well. But these are some of the things we've committed to. This is your special time. It will be Sunday mid-morning before you know it, and it will be time to go back home. You should be a different person when you go home. And many of the things that you're going to receive, they won't manifest themselves until, you know, later. It might be five years from now, ten years from now. 
But the more you give to this retreat, the more you will receive. Grace is received based upon the disposition of the receiver. Cherish this time. Simply put, pay the price. I cherish my time of silence in meditation and in prayer every day. And I pay the price, which means, you know, whether it's getting up early and whether it's just, you know, putting aside those vanities of the world and, and uh, working at it. But, but let's, let's stay focused, realizing it's mostly God's gift. Now let's come back to Herod. Herod was, it says, perplexed. Perplexed. And, quote, he kept trying to see him. He kept trying to see Jesus. And so, you know, you want to ask these questions. What kept Herod from having a living encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus was not hiding himself. He was easily found. Well, I would say that it's vanity. Vanity and pride and sin. Vanity and pride and sin. Actually, St. John talks about the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Okay? And so what I'm urging you to do is to silence your eyes. Have the eyes of Jesus. Silence your worldly eyes. We walk by faith, not by sight, not by worldly sight. So if you see something, let's just practice this weekend. If you see something that isn't good or distracts you, just silence it. Silence it. Just say silence or or just, you know, don't. I I look away like this. I just look away gently. I don't look away like this because that says it has power over me. I just gently look away. I don't want to look upon something evil or I don't want to judge a situation or judge someone's behavior. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to see good. I'm here to see Jesus. I'm here to see with the eyes of Jesus, to see God in others. And the things I hear, you know, we're going to be in silence. Now, let me mention that. I mean, you were given this sheet uh, with a schedule, and on the back there's, there's many things for, that are called tips for making a good retreat, and a lot of them are, you know, beginning with asking for help. But make room for silence, okay? Silence is very important. We're not talking about keeping the crickets from being crickets, okay? Crickets are going to be crickets. They praise God and being true to their nature. But any unnecessary talk, let's try to practice silencing it. But not just talk, okay? It's even the the thoughts that we can hear that that go through our our mind, um, things that are still ringing in our ears, so to speak. We know, let's try to silence those things or, you know, the the lips, okay? 
Now, charity rules. Today is St. Vincent de Paul. He's, you know, known as the saint of charity. He's the patron of all charitable institutions in the church. He, he, he lived the gospel so wonderfully. You know, what you do to the least of my brothers, you do to me, Jesus says. St. Vincent de Paul's heart expanded so much that when you go to Paris, France, they have his heart there. His heart enlarged so much in charity that his body could no longer contain it. That's what we're going to hope happens to you. The Eucharist is known as the sacrament of charity, meaning a sacrament makes the invisible visible. Okay, that's, that's one definition of a sacrament, right? It conveys grace, you know, established by Jesus Christ. A sense perceptible sign that effectuates what it represents, conveying grace established by Jesus Christ. Technical term. I'm going to try to speak heart to heart. The sacrament makes the invisible visible. Jesus is actually what we call the primordial sacrament. He, made, he makes God visible when you look at his face. St. Vincent de Paul loved God so much in the poor that his heart expanded so much that, you know, his body couldn't contain that kind of charity, and he was called home. But we need to get rid of the noise that keeps us from growing in in charity and, and hearing how grace is present or seeing how grace is present. I'll share with you that actually, for me, the whole journey of this life, the spiritual life and holiness, is what you hear at the beginning of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the charity of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Holy Spirit is the love of God poured in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings us that grace of Jesus Christ and will perfect us in the charity of the Father. We need silence. Silence the eyes, silence the ears, silence the mouth. Now, when I say silence the mouth, you know, when, when, when we're talking about silence during this retreat, okay, charity rules. So if somebody needs directions or help, certainly speak, okay? Be, be aware of people around you and respect their silence. But sometimes people can be more noisy doing this. I can't speak, you know, I mean, there's so much noise. Just, just say, you know, the cereal's over there. Okay. The, cer- the cereal's over there. You see someone looking for the cereal, that's okay. The cereal's over there, right? But you know the difference between unnecessary talk and necessary talk. So, you know, we're not putting you in a monastery. It's just, you know, try to practice silence because this is going to be something that's important for your whole life. In fact, I've given many retreats to the missionaries at charity, and they talk about the five silences in their constitution. The silence of the eyes, the silence of the ears, the silence of the mouth, the silence of the mind, and the silence of the heart. Silencing the mind is the most difficult. So many imaginations, especially when you get into silence, all of a sudden, you know, while you're here on this retreat, you're going to remember, oh, I, I forgot to put that bill in the mail. 
you know, all of a sudden it comes to you. Well, you know, you say that's important, but it's not important right now. Your life is still going to, your life is still going to be waiting for you Monday morning. Okay, those temporal things. But this time is a special time. Practice that silence. So then you can actually start to practice it in your life. Because if you have noise, you really can't hear God. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta says, the fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service. The fruit of service is peace. It all starts with silence, and then it goes into prayer, and then it goes into faith and love and service and peace. Silence. Silencing your heart like Mary to ponder the word, reflect on the word. So we need to silence, though, first the flesh. The flesh says, gimme, gimme, gimme. The concupiscence is the flesh. And so, you know, just discipline the flesh and don't be ruled by your flesh. Um, Silence the eyes, the greed of life. You know, I see these things. I have to have that. You know, you don't have to have that. And, of course, the pride of life or vanity. Vanity of vanities. Herod could not see Jesus who stood right in front of him because of vanity and pride. Now, there's a difference between vanity and pride. Vanity says, I need everybody to applaud me. You're the most wonderful ever. Pride says, I don't need anybody. I'm the greatest. It's a little bit of a difference between the two, but long and short of it is, Let's not be trapped into the passing things of this world. We want to focus on what's eternal. So I have a few questions for you. Do we believe Jesus is indeed God? A couple of weeks ago on Sunday, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And I urged the people not to just stop at Jesus. It's easy to say you're Jesus. Okay, so who is Jesus? You know, you got to go deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, you, you can't just say Jesus. Uh, you know, what does Jesus mean? God saves. What does it mean that he saves? Well, Savior comes from the Latin word salus, means to heal. We're going to have a healing service tomorrow evening. Uh, I think it's tomorrow evening or, um, yeah, uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow evening. And um, God, who's in the Eucharist, is going to heal you. But do we believe that he's really there, the carrier of the healing? The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, the way, the truth, the life. The bridge between God and man, the one mediator between God and man, the only Son of God. Son of God and Son of Mary. So many titles. Who is Jesus for you? Do you believe God came in the flesh? You can say, yes, I believe. I profess it in my faith. But really, do you believe? Do you believe that he's here present in the Eucharist? You know, I believe you do. 
But do we believe? Or we have to ask what's blocking us from believing and be honest. Talk to the Lord in the Eucharist and say, Lord, you know, I believe, help my unbelief. That's the best way to approach it. I believe, help my unbelief. That's how I pray sometimes, you know. Love is made visible. Wow. We need that. Another question, what is holding us back from giving ourselves totally to him? In the Eucharist, he gives himself totally to us. He does. I'll talk about how, you know, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, what a covenant is. But it will help your marriages to understand covenant because marriage is a covenant. It's to represent the love between the Jesus and the church. And marriage, as we know from Humanae Vitae, and this is the 50th year, the anniversary of Humanae Vitae. Marriage is supposed to be total, free, faithful, and fruitful. Is there anything keeping us from giving ourselves to the Lord totally, freely, faithfully, and being fruitful in that relationship? What are we clinging to that keeps us from him? Or another way to put it is, what, what, what am I af- why am I afraid to get too close to Jesus? I'll tell you why. Because when you get close to Jesus, he's going to take everything. I remember when I was uh, giving these missions to the missionaries of charity, and they were passing around these baskets with quotes of Mother Teresa with a relic of hers, and I, I couldn't wait to see what one I was going to pick. And it said, one of her famous quotes, Take what he gives and give what he takes with a big smile. Ooh. I was like, oh. See, I've been on the journey long enough now to know what that means. You know, initial stages, you know, take what he gives. I like that. You know, those initial consolations, those initial kisses, those initial caresses, those initial things, you know, to to draw us, give what he takes. And then, yeah, and I I also understood that, you know, he's going to give me sharing the cross and some sufferings. But, you know, uh, to, to take what he gives, but then, you know, to give him, to let him take from me, to take from me, you know, with a big smile, because he's going to take every part of me, every cell of my being. You know? So, take what he gives and give what he takes. <laughs> give what he takes with a big smile. Well, you have to get close to him. And I, I really do think that that's, that's something I want to share with you. This might be the one thing that you take away from this retreat. that I need to get closer to Jesus and not be afraid. You know, you walk right up there in front of that cross. Our Blessed Mother will help you get there, just like she helped St. John get there. But then you have to go up on that cross. And it's not so much about the pain of those nails, and I'll talk about how those nails have no power over you. 
But the main thing is when you go right into Jesus, you no longer have your earthly life. Thank God. Thank God, right? But you look at that love, and he's calling you to that love, but the only way to come to the fullness of this love is to enter into him, and that means no more you. Are you ready? Can you get that close? Yes, you can. But examine, what are you clinging to that keeps you from him? I have to do this as a religious. Or another question, has the vanity of the passing world distracted me from love? Because our whole life is from love and for love. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, a couple of his famous quotes are, the measure of love is to love without measure. And he also says, love is its own cause and its own effect. Why do I love? I love because I love, and I love in order to love. That's his quote. I love because I love, and I love in order to love. You understand? It's its own cause and effect. There's no other cause for love. Love is its cause, its own cause. And I love in order that I may love. Love is its own effect. What a great effect. Love is everything. And that's what we want to enter into. But has the vanity of the passing world, you know, people will say, I, you know, I, I love um, pizza. I don't know what people in Nebraska say they love. You know, maybe, uh, I don't know, um, barbecue. I love barbecue. Well, you can't really love barbecue. You can like barbecue. I like barbecue. Um, especially when I've been overseas for many, many years and come back. Yes, I, I enjoy barbecue. But love is to des- desire the highest and best good for the other. When you're about to eat some barbecue, do you say the barbecue, Oh, barbecue, I love you. I want your happiness. I want your fulfillment. I want to fulfill all your dreams. Barbecue. Love is to desire the highest and best good for the other. And that's Jesus loves us more than we'll ever love him. Jesus' dreams for us are greater than our own. I hope you believe that. And spending time in the Eucharist, he'll reveal to you his heart, what his dreams and desires are for you. That's love. So I do want to address a little bit about vanity. Because there's another place in the scriptures, there's many places, but one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 127, speaks of vanity. Psalm 127. And it says, if the Lord does not build the house, in vain do the laborers build. In vain do the builders labor. If the Lord does not build the house, in vain do the builders labor. Are we trying to build our own house and our own life? Or are we letting the Lord build it? In the Eucharist, the Lord will tell you, He was the word made flesh, how he's going to build your house and your life. It goes on to say, if the Lord does not watch over the city, in vain does the watchman keep vigil. 
So we need the Lord to be our protection and our guide, and we'll talk more about that. But then in, in, in the first reading, we did hear uh, one of my favorite quotes is right, <laughs> right from there, from Ecclesiastes, or Koheleth is teaching. Uh, basically, another translation says, all that is already was. And all that will be, will be already is. All that is already was. All that will be already is. What is the depth of the meaning of that? Okay, uh, you could look at it from the temporal view and say vanity of vanities, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, people think they come up with the great inventions, but they, you know, this has already been done before. You know, we like to think we're so great. Let's get rid of the, the vanity and the pride and, and realize, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. But the deeper meaning is all that is God already had in his mind from all eternity. See, what I want you to do is to enter into the I am. The Eucharist is the great I am. I am. The eternal I am. And that's why at the Mass we can enter into the sacrifice of Jesus that took place historically about 2,000 years ago. But it's really taking place on this altar because God is eternal, but he's the I am. You enter into the I am... And when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, the word is Zadok. I mean, not Zadok, Zakar. I remember that because my name is Zachary, Zakar, Zakariah, Zakar Yahweh. Zakar means to remember. In the Hebrew mindset, it means to make the past and the future and the present all right there. Present in the present moment. We call the Eucharistic presence the real presence, right? I urge you this weekend to be really present to Jesus. If you learn how to be really present to Jesus, you learn how to be really present to your spouses or to your family or to the people you serve. That might be the main thing you'll learn this weekend. I don't know. That's, that's a powerful thing. The real presence, learning how to be really present to God and really present to others. But it's the eternal reality, the I am. So the part I like is everything that will be already is. Everything that will be already is. God already has the plan. I need to go into that silence and spend time in Eucharistic adoration so that this can become present to me. He can share with me and friends share secrets. You see, you become a friend of Jesus. One of the Great things about being a friend, friends share secrets. Jesus is your friend. He's going to share some secrets. You want to learn some secrets from God? I do. I love it when he shares some secrets with me. He even has a secret name for me. You know, I'm I'm one of his sheep. I know when he's calling me. I know his little secret name for me. I won't go into that. It's a secret. (laughs) But the thing is, when you spend time with him and he touches your heart, and you're spending time heart to heart, what will be already is. So spend this time this weekend 
just already spent, you know, the best time you can spend is, is being in that real presence because he already knows what will be. Stay in the retreat. Stay in the moment. Enter into the I am. Be present to the love made visible. The most holy Eucharist comes from the heart of God. So, to conclude for this evening, don't be distracted by vanities. Try to keep that interior silence. Keep attentive and be vigilant. Try to follow the Paschal mystery like we do during Holy Week from Holy Thursday to the resurrection on Easter Sunday because that's all right there in the Eucharist. And so what would you do on Holy Thursday evening? Normally we would have a procession and go to the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus and spend time with him and then go through his you know, betrayal and arrest and his beating and his trials. And uh, in the morning, you know, his, uh, you know, more trials and eventually being scourged and crowned with thorns. But all of this is in the Eucharist, and, and it's going to help you go through that in your life. So, we're here to help you have a heart-to-heart relationship with Jesus And the one that's going to teach you the most is the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of the Eucharist, because she's the mother of Jesus, and Jesus is the Eucharist. So just go to your mother. Ask her to help you with the graces you need this weekend to get what God wants you to get so that you can have a heart-to-heart relationship with the living Lord Jesus Christ in the Most Holy Eucharist and be freed from the vanities of this world that keep us from really seeing Jesus. Let's not be perplexed like Herod. Let's truly see him and enter into the mystery of love made visible.